This is Jake and Shelby McKernan. Welcome to the Palms Up Podcast. Where we extend and live in grace. We're thankful you're here and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey everybody, I uh, hope everyone's doing well. Tonight we're going to uh, just do kind of a Q&A. We got a bunch of different questions uh, on all kinds of random topics. Shelby and I both <laughs> don't know what we're going to be asked, so it should be some, uh, some good answer back and forth. They're all little surprises. I like sent half to him, I have half, I'm like, just rapid fire ask, except not rapid fire questions, or answers, I guess, but yeah, so I will get started. Um, so I liked this question. Jake, it says, do you guys have certain jobs that each of you do around the house and with the kids? So, yeah, I think we're very, pretty structured in a lot of, a lot of different things. Like for me, I wake up every morning, I unload the dishwasher, I feed the dog, give the dog water, give the chickens water if Mm -hmm. it's that day. And I make the bed. Those are things Mm -hmm. I do. I make our bed, not necessarily the kids' beds. I no, think they're kind they of, they, they're bed, yeah. making their own. But yeah, we, I think we do a really good job of like, um, dividing like our daily chores. When it comes to like more weekly ones, I'll kind of maybe let Shelby answer that one. But I think we do a good job of like dividing and conquering. Like when I get off of, when I get off of work, it's like kid duty until bed. So Shelby can go do whatever she needs to do. And we have just different, that's not necessarily a chore, but like those, those are definitely like structure we have in our day to day that makes things a little bit less crazy. Yes, I agree. And I want to say, Jake doesn't use social media. Like, he'll, like, look at mine sometimes, but he doesn't have his own social media. So he doesn't know some of the, like, trends that happen, you know. And so I've noticed this, like, trend on social media with all these women saying, my husband doesn't cook or clean. I do all that. And I get the point of, like, submission in running your home as a woman, and I can agree with that. But I just think some women take it to the extreme where other women can feel this shame that, like, their husband doesn't or can't help. Um, But me and Jake fully view our marriage and our family as a team. So, for instance, if I bring the kids into it, we also tell our kids, like, we are Team McKernan. Like, we'll ask the kids, what team are we? And they're like, Team McKernan. And so they know that we all play a vital role, role in this family. And just like a sports team, if the kicker is out or the goalie is out, it's like your team's gonna feel that. Um, and so that's how me and Jake look at our marriage essentially is like when he's out of town for work, I feel that. I feel the, oh, I have to put the dishes away, I make the bed. And those are really simple tasks. They maybe take Jake two to three minutes each, but they matter. They're important because they are such a help to me and vice versa. When I'm gone in the morning, like this morning I had a doctor's appointment, he had to make breakfast for the kids and get like all of that stuff going. And he, I'm sure he missed my presence there. So we definitely are such a good team and have such a good flow in our house um, and like respect and honor each other's tasks. And we do it out of like love for one another. So Jake is an amazing teammate with me. All right. All right. What's your question? My question. This is a good hitter right off the bat. Do you want more kids? <laughs> okay. So if you would have asked me five minutes after birthing Elijah, I'm pretty, Jake can clarify this right after he came out. I'm pretty sure I gave him the look of just like, just utter shock and disbelief dead in the eyes and said, we are never doing this again. And Jake was like, all right, whatever you want, sweetheart. So if you would have asked me then, I would have said, absolutely not. Elijah was my first home birth. Um, but now I definitely want more kids. Um, I don't know when that is, but I, I'll just answer this. I know that, I don't know if it's on mine or Jake's. One of the questions was like, will you guys have more kids or whatnot? Um, Or like they were asking like how we prevent more kids. That's what it was. Was another one prevent or want more kids, whatever. So I will say I don't 
personally believe in any birth control or anything like that. Uh, we have other, you know, methods. I'm not going to go into on the podcast, but Jake shaking his head. <laughs> but um, we definitely do like family planning, I guess you would say, where right now we are not actively trying to have another baby, but I can see us having more kids um, down the line. We're in a really sweet season of having an eight, six, almost five-year-old, like, beginning of next month, and then a nine-month-old. It's just sweet season, but I can see us having more kids. What do you think, Jake? That's what it's all what's, whatever's in, in God's plan. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I think after our third, we, we thought we were done, and we we have baby Eli now, and that's like the best thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. So we have more, we have more, and right. it's, it's all just it's all just part of it. I feel so. like you're like totally a man, and like in a good way, where women are such like planners. Like that's why women have planners. Like we try and plan everything, right? Where I feel like every child we've had, Jake is like, I don't know if we have more, we have more, and then the second we find out I'm pregnant, though, Jake is always like over the moon, like, oh, another baby, I'm so excited, like. So if I were to be pregnant, he would be so excited, but I just don't think that's something. I'm like more of a when the baby's here, it's real. Yeah. Well, we're like, as you get toward, yeah, towards the, like, like as you get I'm towards pregnant. the, the thir- yes, of course I'm, you know, there when you're pregnant. Yeah, it's yeah. like, for me, it's not until like, I think the second half of pregnancy where mm-hmm. like, I can really like, you're not sleeping and you're not doing all those things. I'm like, all right, it's time. <laughs> um, where I, I, that's always been me though. I'm always like, I react in the moment, not necessarily yeah. up to the moment. And that's kind of been me with literally everything in my entire life so yeah yeah uh that's but definitely true. if we if we have more that would be uh that'd be awesome okay let's see what do i have for you okay so um you can kind of take this question for what it is and answer whatever but it says how do you handle siblings or in-laws or friends that do not raise children the same it's so hard to let our children be around them and their cousins or family members because they are living worldly lives and it's so unexpected what our children may hate, hear, see, do after being around them. Help or advice, please. So you could also say like co-op, school, whatever. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple different things. I think s- most of our, our friends that we've like grown up around or or like have kids most of us are pretty like-minded in in a lot of ways I think that's one really thing that like gets overlooked a lot is like being around families that are like-minded it's not and it's not possible all the time I will say since being in Tennessee we're around a lot of very like-minded families yeah Um, yeah and and I would say that like when we've uncovered or been around instances where like hey so-and-so as a is the same age as Finn and does something totally different that we don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, we always just explain that like every family does things differently and it in well, especially depending on, on what the instance is like Finn's at the age now where we'll explain that, Hey, mommy and daddy don't do this. And this is why we don't do this. Mm-hmm. I hope you understand. And we'll kind of talk through them and allow them to ask questions. And I think we don't ever really like, hide anything from the kids or we don't um i mean age appropriate yeah age appropriate for sure and we've never put our kids or been around our kids in a scenario where something really inappropriate has happened um so yeah i think i think those are the ones um you know we kind of just talk through that i i mean it's it's uh, being around a lot of like minded families make things a lot easier uh with that Mm -hmm. for sure yeah i think Two things. I I love how you said um, that we explain it to our kids. I think it's really easy as a parent to get stuck in because I said so, because it's just quick and easy. Um, But we really try to be intentional with our kids of like, 
well, yes, because mama said so ultimately, like you should honor and obey. But also, this is why our family does it this way, because we honor the Lord and our kids all know um, that we follow the Bible and that God's word is true and everything outside of God's word is a lie and false because there's only one truth and it's God's word. And so I think that's really easy for us. Um, I will say we have had situations where things have come up um, with either family or outside the family where we have had to stand our ground. Um, I won't go into like big detail just because it involves some of my family that I don't want to make feel uncomfortable and whatnot. But we just had a situation when Finn was like five that something was said in front of him and I was very upset in the moment and I very much had to bite my tongue. Um, but the Lord was gracious to just give me the spirit to say, that's enough. Stop talking. We're done with this conversation. And in that moment, what I did, I can look back on and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did that. Is I looked at Finnegan, he was five, and I said, do not ask another question about this. Mommy is happy to talk to talk to you about this later, but please respect mommy and do not ask again. And he looked at me, he's like, okay, mom. And I was like, I will talk to you later, I promise. And I think that a lot of times that's what our kids need to hear is like, mommy or daddy or both of us will talk to you about this. We will be honest with you, but that is our job. That is not somebody else's job. Um, and just to throw in something that me and Jake have like discussed that I feel like is a really good like way to look at it or analogy is there's a book. It's like the, the watchmaker, I think is what it's called. Um, but my aunt had told me the story of there was a watchmaker and I'm pretty sure he was from the Holocaust. I could be making that part up. Anyways, he was a watchmaker and his his daughter came in and had asked a question that she was not age appropriate for. And he said, it's like this watch, honey. Like he had this like suitcase of watches and he said, okay, try and pick up this suitcase. And she's like, it's too heavy. I can't pick it up. And he's like, that's what your question is, is it's too heavy. You can't know the answer yet. And I think that those are things we have to like do with our kids is explain to them. And that's what we did to Finn in that stance is like, you're too young for us to answer everything now. We'll tell you what we can that's age appropriate. And when you're of age, I promise you, I will be the first person to explain this to you. So I feel like if your kids are in those situations in school or family that things come up, that's how you can explain it to your kids. But Jake, what would you say to go back to her question of, Maybe you have to have that hard conversation with family. Like, let's say that it was your parents or your sister that did something that you do have a relationship with. How would you approach that? I think you have to approach that from like a very humble place isn't the right word, but like from a very like loving place. I think you can't, you can't go into it like super aggressive, hot and heavy because that never works well, especially with family. Um, And I think you have to say the like lay the groundwork, like I'm responsible and I'm raising Mm. our kids and this is how we're raising our kids. And this is why this is really important to me. And this is what happened. And, and it can't happen again. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, what matters is your parents and God gave us our children for a reason to mm-hmm. grow them and, and do all those different things. Like you have to be very firm in that. Um, I, I think the, the term that comes to mind is like be very firm, but compassionate at the, at the same point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are certain scenarios where maybe that's not the case and you have to be very, very firm. Yeah. Maybe, you know, there's other times where there's different reactions that come to that. But I think I think if you approach most things with that, especially with family and close friends, like that's something that needs to be, uh, I think, a little bit sensitive. But you have to come from the place of like, it is my job to raise these children and we are raising them this way. And this is why this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Okay, next question. Um, what are your favorite family traditions? Oh, okay. 
Okay, so because we're actually recording this on a Friday night, I would say... You're taking mine. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. I would say um, popcorn movie night. We started this after we had our... I'm pretty sure, wasn't it after we had Daphne? Yeah. Yeah, we had our daughter and our son at the time was two and a half. And we just felt like he needed that like extra mom and dad time. And so we would put Daphne down for the night and... Or she would like be asleep on us or whatever. But we would do popcorn movie night and we would pick a movie and mama would make popcorn and there would always be like a treat in there. And it just was such a special thing we did with him. And it's just always stuck. And so every Friday now what we do is mama makes homemade pizza, homemade popcorn, and then I'll usually sprinkle in some nummy treats into their popcorn. And we watch a movie as a family. And it's just so sweet. I told Jake, I'm like, I pray when they're like teenagers that they like don't want <laughs> to leave on a Friday night. Or like if they want to have their friends, your friends are more than welcome to come to popcorn movie night. Like we would love that. So that's that's my favorite thing we do. That's, yeah, I, I would say for sure, I think uh, popcorn movie night's my favorite. It's something that like the kids absolutely look forward to too. Like literally every single week, um, you know, F- Deglin, our third will ask like, what day is it? And I'll say Tuesday and he's like, oh, not popcorn movie night. Yeah. And he'll say, like, the kids know on Friday it's that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, daddy gets off work Friday night. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be remote and work at home. So literally when I walk downstairs, it's popcorn movie night and we have mm-hmm. pizza. And then we, we'll do, like, an early bed routine for the kid, you know, bath routine, shower routine, that whole thing. And then we come down and we and we watch a movie. And it's it's I look forward to it every single week. It's, like, the mm-hmm. highlight of our week. And then it kind of kicks off our weekend. And it's just, like, a really cool way to jump into all that. So um, yeah. that is mine for sure. I love popcorn movie night. And we've been doing it for six years six years now and uh, it's like yeah. it's literally our favorite thing we do and like our family and friends like they know yeah oh they're not doing nothing friday night like it's popcorn movie night yep. <laughs> um okay <clears throat> so jake what are your tips for fostering strong sibling relationships there's lots of bickering correction going on over here mm, i think i know looking at like me being a sibling, mm-hmm. like having my sister and then looking at like what we want to do with our kids. Like one thing my parents did is we were very, it was just myself and my sister and we were both very like in our parents didn't like come across as like a team a lot of times at different points in time. So like, I love my sister. I enjoy spending time with her, but like we were never as a kid, it was like, you guys kind of do your own things. Cause I was, mm-hmm. I was three and a half, four years older. Um, and that was like one thing that was a little bit harder. I think as we've gotten older, it's gotten better and easier and we've connected in different ways. But one thing we really do with our kids is like, it is a team. It is mm-hmm. team McKernan is something we put through all the time. And is there still bickering? Is there still things? Of course, like that's always yeah. part of it. But like, remembering it when there is bickering and there is arguing and there is different Mm -hmm. things that like no person in this family is more important than the other. And that includes mommy and daddy, like mommy and daddy are in charge, but like if our baby is having a problem or if the older two are arguing or Mm -hmm. bickering, we constantly ground back to like, no one is more important than the other. And Mm -hmm. we like, we're very consistent with that. So if two kids are picking on one, we'll, we'll tell the other two like, Hey, knock it off. Or, and, and oftentimes like we have them deal, have the like kind of conflict yep. resolution themselves for sure. Mm-hmm. So I would say like a team aspect that like you are part of a team that I think is fostering very strong relationships in a young age right. with our kids. Um, yeah, I'm sure we, mm-hmm. I'm curious what you say, have to say. I think too, like our kids are going to look to us on how to conflict resolution their situations, right? Like that was kind of a word jumble. But what I mean by that is that just like when I say like, oh, when you take your kids out in public, it's at a 
it's an opportunity to disciple them. Well, when your kids start fighting, if you're a mom or dad and you're like, oh my gosh, stop fighting, stop, ah, and you're screaming, all they're seeing is how you reacted to that situation. Therefore, they're going to be like, well, this is how I'm going to react to this situation when we're fighting. So instead be like, hey guys, this is not how we act. That's not how we talk to our siblings. Like you need to look at their bickering and their fighting as a opportunity for you to disciple them, but also show them how to resolve these things. They're not going to, people don't know what they don't know. And you know, it takes 21 days to form a habit. I feel like in children years, it takes like 2021 days to form a habit, you know, like you, it's like this repetition. So I think now we're at a sweet spot because our kids are so used to it. But like Jake said, if there's bickering going on, um, a lot of times it's them. So let's say that Finnegan and Daffy are having a, you know, bickering moment and Daffy did something to Finnegan. Then it's like, Daphne, I need you to acknowledge the sin. I need you to acknowledge what you did and ask for forgiveness through repentance. And Finn, your job is to forgive her because Christ forgave us. And you can, you know, go through the gospel in that because it is the gospel. That's what Jesus taught us. And that's what he died for us for our sin and through repentance and all these things. And so it's almost this like beautiful image through that, that you can um, resolve those conflicts together. But that's kind of what I would say is don't think it's going to be resolved overnight. And if you haven't been doing this and you have kids that are a little bit older or in their teens, you have to have so much grace. They have formed this habit of not knowing how to have conflict resolution, how to not ask for forgiveness. And not only that, but not see what they're doing is wrong. Like they're like, I've been doing this for seven years now, all of a sudden I'm in trouble for it. So I think that that's kind of like a layered question, but I would say the team aspect and then making sure reiterating like you have to ask for forgiveness and acknowledge your sin through repentance because if you can't see what you're doing wrong in your home how in the world are you going to see what you're doing else wrong outside of it this place we always tell our kids this is your safe place this is your safe haven this is the place where you can mess up you can make mistakes you can do wrongs and no matter we always say no matter what you do no matter what you say mommy and daddy will always forgive you and always love you and like creating that space for them so now is the time to do that before they leave the house 100 Um, this next question is what advice do you have for first time parents? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, get off the internet. Don't take (laughs) (laughs) it. Listen to no moms. No, just kidding. Um, I, I got, I feel like this has to be like revolutionary. First time parents, open up your Bible and get into the word of God, honestly. And first time moms, Get in a solid Bible study. I would recommend Bible study fellowship or we're in community Bible study because those Bible studies, they are so fruitful because it's just the word of God, but also there are so many generations in there. I seriously, I remember being a first time mom and actually going, taking my, my oldest now, he was just a baby, like newborn to Bible study fellowship. And I was honestly annoyed at first. I'm like, there's no one here my age. Everybody's old. Like, this is so annoying. I was just like such a brat about it. And now I look back and I just want to bang you upside the head and be like, Shelby, eat up this wisdom. (laughs) You need it. You are prideful and you need to be humbled. And so I would say seek women who have gone before you get in the word of God and also like trust your mom gut. I do believe like moms have such discernment. The Lord gave you that child. And there's so many times I look back that I'm like, why did I listen to this person? Like I should have never taken this advice because I knew better, but because someone on the internet or whoever told me I was doing it wrong, I believed them. So that would be my, 
biggest piece of advice to moms um what would your be your biggest piece of advice to dads i think i think like your comment on like stay off the internet <laughs> is gonna go where mine is is like uh, someone told us right before we had kids um they said what was the, the exact words were like don't listen to anybody and just kind of figure it out each each day and kind of go from there and well that is not uh always always the best it's something that we're like i think i think for me in in retrospect a lot of it was like in the moment being stressed out about. And I think as a husband, it's really important to like, it's not just the baby. Like it's very easy to just focus on like, oh gosh, there's a baby here. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure the baby's okay. The baby's coughing. But like you have, you're equally as responsible to like the well-being of the entire house and like checking mm-hmm. on your wife, especially the first time. Like there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of different things yes. that are going on. Um, and I would say that like, you know, take each day as slow as you can. We always talk about like we blinked our eyes and our oldest is almost nine and it just goes by so fast. So one, I take, you know, kind of learn as you're going, enjoy the seasons and and try to figure those things out. But like, it's also really imperative as a husband to like check on your wife and make sure. Yeah. I love that you said that. Jake is so good postpartum checking on me. He's like, how are we doing emotionally? Where are we at? (laughs) I know what happens to you. So that is very, very good advice. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask her a question, but also add to it. So it says, have you had to deal with peer influence at all with your children? Mine is seven and I'm already seeing this. So answer that. But also, what do you plan to do when our kids are older and have peer influence too? That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've had, at least I haven't seen a significant amount where like there's Mm -hmm. been maybe some peer influence a little bit periodically. Like when Finn was coming home when he was younger, um, like his, his, some of the word choice he was using was a little bit different uh, when, when he was like going to preschool and those things. Yeah. He went to a Christian preschool. Yeah. Christian preschool. So that was one, but I mean, that's, it's a a really good question. I think it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier about like the McKernan household and what Mm. is expected and what is going to, what is acceptable in our home. Mm -hmm. And I think having real, very real conversations that like, Hey, Johnny down the street might do X, <laughs> Y, or Z. And if mommy and daddy don't agree with it, I think it's having that conversation and right. say like, you can't control people in the world. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that Shelby and I have talked about as the kids get older is like, we want the, the kids to understand that like the world is a sinful place and there's sinful nature. And there's a lot of different things that are going on. And in this home, this is what we stand for. This is what we believe we're f- our foundation is on the word of God and in going off all those different things. So I think that's the conversation we'll have. Like a lot of it is I, I talked on my, my, my one earlier about like first time parents. Like, I think you're going to have to figure out some of the stuff as it comes up yeah. and take it case by case. I say this today, but like, I don't know exactly what the scenario will be and how my reaction will be. I think yeah. it's for me, it's really tying it back to like our family, what mm-hmm. is acceptable in our house mm-hmm. um, and doing so in a way that's like, mommy and daddy are very aligned in how we're going to answer some of these questions. It's tough because we our our, our son is still not quite there yeah. yet, but um, yeah, I'm curious on your thoughts. We're in like such a sweet spot of like our oldest is eight. He'll be nine this year, but they, like Jake said, our oldest went to um, like a Christian preschool and he was four for like eight months. It was like right before COVID. So then that got shut down. Um, but all that to say, we've, we've had this like, sweet experience of kind of cultivating his friendships for him so he's not around I mean he goes to church he goes to our homeschool co-op he goes to bible study like we have play dates with like our friends that have kids who are like-minded like we haven't really had to deal too much of that um but obviously as our kids get older and they get jobs and they 
um, have different experiences or like they play sports, it's kind of like you can see where that can start infiltrating. But I think like Jake said, kind of just setting the tone for your home. Um, the I always say the only thing you can control is your four walls um, of what your kids are hearing and seeing and seeing on display um, between you and your husband and how you react. So I think instead of worrying so much about the outside, it's like, what are you doing at home? Especially like if you homeschool. Now, if your kid is in public school or a private school or whatever, and they're not in the home, um, I think that those are just, I don't want to say you kind of have to let go a little bit, but it's like, you're not with them for those eight hours a day. You can't, you don't really get to see what they're around or what's being said. Um, so I think just setting the tone in your home and in this situation, if you're already seeing it with your seven-year-old, maybe just having those hard discussions of like, I know that this happened, but that is not what we stand for. And this is why. Don't forget the why. Kid, you think that kids like don't need to hear the why because their attention span is like five seconds, but they need to hear the why. Whether they're hearing it now or not, you're planting the seed for later. God will let it grow and make it grow, but you are planting the seed and it's so important to not miss that step. Yeah. I think consistency in, in, in yeah. having that, you know, mm-hmm. explaining the why is, is really, really important. Uh, next question. What is your favorite part about living in Tennessee? Uh, they're fixing to move here this summer. And that's one of my favorite parts about Tennessee is, is the, the accents. I love it every single time. I love the accents. I'm telling you, it is just like, it's so sweet. I honestly, we plan on going back to Arizona sometime this year. And I'm like, I'm going to miss like that, the sweetness of this state. Um, okay. Just to visit. We're not moving back. I just want to clarify. That. <laughs> but, um, my favorite thing, the people for sure, the culture. I love the town that we're in. We're not in Nashville, so it doesn't feel like it's not super busy where we are. Um, but just like the genuine heart of the people here, Every, like the people we've met on our street, our neighbor behind us and in front of us and across the street, like they just have like the purest hearts for hospitality where it's like, what can we do for you? Like, here's an example. So Jake bought um, the boys a go-kart. It, it just was a little bit of a sore subject in our marriage for about a week, but we're good now. The boys love it and they're safe, but he bought a go-kart. And he was out of town for work and it got dropped off at the front of our driveway. Well, um, I can't lift that. Like, it's huge. So our neighbor must have seen that Jake was out of town and went and got his tractor and drove it down for us. Didn't say anything to me. Didn't tell me. I just saw him on like our home cameras doing it. And I texted him and was like, oh my goodness, so-and-so did this. Like, they're so, like, it's just the genuineness. So that, I love the rolling hills. I love the seasons. I just, I just love it here. What do you think? What's yeah, your favorite? I think, I think for me, it's at least where we're at. It's like a slower pace. Like yeah. people definitely move slower here. People are not in as big of a hurry here. And I think that's something for me that's like really refreshing, especially growing up in, in an environment where like Phoenix is so busy and there's stuff happening all the time. I would say another thing that I really love is like the history here. If that makes so like one of the churches down the street from us is not a church we go to, but they've, they've been a church since like 1865 or something right. crazy. So like you have, you have like just so much history of like a church mm-hmm. congregation has been around since 1865. Like that wasn't a thing where, where I grew <laughs> it up. It was like, like my great, great. Y- y- exactly. Here. You're talking about like four or five generations of people mm-hmm. went to the same church and families have grown up there. So I, I think that's what I really, really love is like the history of 
just where we're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love from like a proximity perspective, like you can get anywhere pretty fast from Tennessee, which is really, really cool. So like when I have to travel for work, like all my flights on the East coast are like an hour, hour and a half. I have to fly to the West coast pretty soon and it's going to be like five hours and I'm going to have a heart attack. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what, uh, I think those are for, for mine. Okay. Um, good answer. Okay. So this is one that I think you should answer. Um, how can we properly prepare our hearts for marriage? I'm in the dating phase right now, but my boyfriend and I have talked about marriage and are working toward that. I just want to bring Christ into this season. So how can you prepare your hearts for marriage? Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's really, really important to like, obviously be in prayer together to have like premarital counseling from like some type of a a pastor or something that you trust when you're in your church. Like those things are all really important, but I also think you guys have to have conversations about like, where do we want to go? Like, what do we want to do with these things? Finances, like nail your finances down. Talk about like, Hey, are we going to have one account? Are we going to have two accounts? Are we going to separate or like you guys need to come up and, and have like really, what would you recommend they did with their finances? Though? Oh, for me, I, you got to combine your finances. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not like mine versus yours. Like you have yeah. to talk about like, do we want kids? Where do we want to go to church? How do we want to raise our kids? Like, yeah. I think you have to have a lot of conversations. If you know, you're both of, um, you know, you're both Christian faith. Like that's obviously make things a little bit easier. If you guys are coming from different faiths, like that's a super big conversation you have to have before mm-hmm. you're married, before you have, you have kids, to be equally yoked. you have to be equally aligned on how we're raising our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, so that is important. Your finances, like, what are your what are your roles and expectations mm-hmm. of your family too? Like so one thing we've I had with Shelby is like I've always supported her in whatever she wanted to do. It was our first date when you're like I want to be a stay at home mom, <laughs> and I'm like sweet, that's what I want you to do too. And you know that that has been a blessing in our marriage because we've always known what our roles are. And yeah. like I think that's something that's really important. Where yes, it seems like a lot and it seems stressful at the time, but like if you're not aligned on these little things, mm. it's going to be like potentially catastrophic as time progresses because you're going to be 10, five, 10 years down the road. And you're going to be like, this isn't what I, I wanted. Like you guys never talked about it. So you have to have those hard conversations on like family role, family dynamic. Do you want kids? Those are really, really important questions. Yeah. Your finances. Um, I think to me, those are like non-negotiables. You have to do that. Yeah, I agree. I think I've pers- personally witnessed a lot in my friendships when, you know, there's people confide in like, oh, me and my husband are fighting about this, this, this. I'm just like, okay, so did we have these conversations? And I'm really thankful that me and Jake did. We had, I mean, like he said, our first date, I was in college and he was like, so what do you want to college for? And I literally said, my dad's making me go. I don't want to be here. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom one day. Like I knew this is not what I want to do. And I just, I think that you both have to be confident in what you want and then bring that to the table. I think that you should not hide anything from one another. Um, and if you're ready for marriage, then yes. Like those conversations of like, okay, so church, non-negotiable. We're going every weekend. We need to find a solid church with these biblical truths. This is what we're looking for. Um, kids, what is that going to look like? Who, you know, the roles and whatnot. So yes, I completely agree. I think it's just having those conversations and setting the boundaries up front um, is really really important and then also um i would try and find a mentor either individually or preferably like a couple that's been married for a long time that you can both respect and relate to and just kind of have them shepherd you through the engagement process 
um, because it's also hard. I mean, the engagement is hard, especially if you're a Christian. You guys are saving yourself for marriage, those accountability partners. Um, So I would look for a couple and then have those hard conversations. All right. Find a question. Oh. Yeah, I got um, I got uh, a couple more. I think will be a good one. What's your sewing crafting setup at home? Oh goodness, it's a mess, is what it is. <laughs> um, I just have like a desk, and we have like this little what would you call it? A great room? Yeah, something like that. It's kind of like a den almost. Yeah, it's like a den, and um, it has actually the hutch with like the kids' toys, so they're like hidden. And then I just have like a desk and it has my sewing machine on it. And I have a little rolling cart with fabric. Um, And honestly, I don't get a craft as much as I would like. It's very sporadic where it's like, oh, the kids are in bed. I'm going to crochet a blanket or, oh, the kids are (laughs) in bed. I'm going to sew something. But honestly, sewing is usually during the day because I don't like to sew at night loud. And I'm like, oh, Jake, you know, if he wants to watch a movie or something together. So it's kind of sporadic right now with having a baby, but that's my little minimal setup. And at our old house in Arizona, I had a desk in our bedroom with the stuff, but I do like having my own little corner with my things for sure. Um, okay, now I got to find your question because there isn't really anything for you to answer with that. I don't craft too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not a, a gift that God gave me is crafting. Not at all. Um, okay. So this one asks all things preparing to homeschool, but I'm going to ask you, what advice would you give to a husband who has a wife preparing to homeschool for the first time? I would say ask what support um, what support she needs. I think that was one thing when we started homeschooling mm-hmm. is like, I think there was a lot of prep going into the homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I figured that out until a, probably like a month in where you're like prepping at all different hours. We ended up basically, Shelby and I are very routine people. And we basically ended up, it was like Sunday nights, Sunday nights yeah. at like three, four o'clock, something like that. I would take the kids in the van and we would go do Whatever. I oh. go like during Christmas we'd go drive around and look at Christmas lights and like, Or like let's be honest though, we had like daddy dudes for you to take them to go get well, ice cream. Well for sure. Definitely yeah. we'd go get ice cream <laughs> and like some fun things because I you it know It was precious. Yeah, so we would we would do that and like I think that would be for a first time homeschooling mom, your first kid going through that, it's like you're gonna need prep time to just digest and figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then as time's gone on, Shelby still has, you know, some Sunday nights where she'll have to prep more than the others, depending on, on what's going on. Um, but that is probably the best thing a husband can do. Mm-hmm. Also like have conversations throughout the day. Like, what are you struggling with? What can I help with? There's moments where like, Hey, if you need me tonight, just like text me as I'm working and be like, need you to help so-and-so with reading tonight, need you to help with math tonight. Because again, it's not just the mom's job. It's very much the dad's job as well. Like you're homeschooling together. Right. So that would be, that would be, I think my advice. Yeah. I love that. Jake is very good about being like emotionally available to me when I just need to like vent about my day, but then also available for the kids. So like he does, um, we have Bible study Thursdays and our oldest has like an actual like Bible study lesson that is very thorough. It's like five pages. Um, and Jake does that with him throughout the week. So like, that's not something I have to take on on top of school. So I think just being available, like Jake said, of what can he do (laughs) to just help me in any way. Um, and then I do have one more question. 
because this is like a DM that I get very regularly, is people always want to know how do we manage our home? Because they see like we have a clean home or we have, I make all of our food or, you know, the outside is clean. Like we both have our different roles. So how do you think we've gotten to a point where we are kind of like a well-oiled machine, even like with our kids sleeping through the night and all of that? Um, I would say, I would say we're very, I had a couple times this, I, we talked about like we're very regimented routine people. Shelby and I were that way before, before we, we had married, kids. Yeah. We woke up at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Like I was so routine where I would eat the same thing for lunch basically oh, yeah. every single day. Quesadilla and barbecue chips was my go-to for a solid 10 years. This was before, you know. Yeah, yeah, before. Before Shelby got a hold be, be, of him. <laughs> yeah, so I would say like we've always been very, very routine and it was important to us that like have as much of a routine as possible. So at any point in time, you know, Shelby has her cleaning days throughout the week. <laughs> I have my like, hey, I need to do whatever chores around the yard on a certain day during the week. Okay. Uh, and we've had the same thing with our kids too. Like we've put our kids into a routine. Um, and that's just like, it's for the overall health of our family. Like we've done that from our youngest all the way to now. And there's like times and moments where like we don't get to do the routine and that's okay. Right. Like there's moments where you, you, you know, we're sick and we're doing all those different things. But um, for us, it's absolutely like... Routine. It's vital. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it is. It's it's what helps our family unit like mm-hmm. thrive and succeed together. And in like the kids are in it, we're we're in it, mm-hmm. and it, like I don't know, it works for us. My answer is going to be longer because I'm a woman, and women need the details. Like we want to know what each other's having for breakfast every day. So let me just tell you, Monday through Friday, me and Jake's routine is going to look a little bit different. I'm going to wake up at four. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get home by like six. Six to seven is me getting ready, doing Bible time. Jake gets up like 5.36, Bible time. He does his like morning chores of like empty the dishwasher, make the bed, whatever, you know, those little things that he does for me. And then we get the kids up and the kids know their routine because I feel like your house has to be on a schedule for it to run smoothly. And so our two oldest, they know that they have to read for 20 minutes a day and do 10 minutes of piano, non-negotiable. So they get that done first thing in the morning because they're like, I'm getting this out of the way, mom. So they do that while I feed Elijah his bottle. And then we kind of just hang out, relax for a couple minutes. I start breakfast. We do breakfast. Then then I'll finish getting ready, get the kids ready. We start school, put Elijah down for his first morning nap, which... We do sleep train our kids. I'm not going to go into sleep training because there are so many things you could do. I would recommend taking care of babies course, but we sleep train because it is my saving grace. I need babies that sleep and it's amazing. So I do school and then we usually end school when Elijah's getting up from his morning nap. We do lunch and then my kids, all four of them, Elijah takes an afternoon nap and my three oldest still do quiet time. Now, that's going to look different um, for each kid in their age, maybe, but they have their Yodel players, they draw, they have toys, but they go in their rooms and they do their quiet time while Elijah takes his afternoon nap, and that's my time to kind of, like, decompress from the day, recharge for the night, the night, like, mid-afternoon nighttime, Um, and that's when I'll craft or maybe I'll get stuff done on my social media um, or whatever needs to be done around the house I can get done. And then they get up. Most of the time, my kids are outside playing until dinner time. I make dinner. Jake gets off. And then I go and just, like, have a moment to myself. And then we do, like, family time till bedtime. So that and our kids go to bed around, like, 7 every night, which is really nice. So it's 
putting your house on a schedule is so important, even with like cleaning routines, like Friday, I clean my house. I deep clean my house every single Friday, so we're set up for the weekend. So I would say the biggest thing is just put yourself on a schedule. I remember after I had my first, um, I told my mom, he was about four months old, that I was like, mom, I feel like I can't keep up with everything. I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to clean. I don't know what I'm doing. And my mom was very honest with me. And she's like, Shelby, you have a baby who takes two two two-hour naps a day. There is no reason that your house should ever be dirty or that you should not have dinner prepped when your husband comes home. And I remember just being like, you're so mean to me. But ultimately, she was so right. And so she encouraged me like, Monday's your cleaning day or Friday. Pick a day, make it your cleaning day. Tuesdays, you get out of the house and you go do this. Wednesdays, you do this. So if that's not your natural instinct, then I get where that can be hard. Um, But maybe just come together with your husband and be like, we need to get this house on a schedule. What's that going to look like for our family? Awesome. Well, um, yeah, thank you. That's all the questions. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you guys uh, all have a great week. Bye.